Welcome to the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a, a very, very distinctive, distinctive podcast. podcast. I am Yel Teagle. I'm Felicia Michelle. And this is the season finale. I didn't want you to say it. I'm not ready for it to be over. I cannot believe it. We are talking about the crowning achievement job. This is the second season finale. We're wrapping it up. And in such a great way, too. This is an amazing season finale. Like, kudos to everybody. This is, a, I mean, my mind was blown because we left on a cliffhanger, which my my heart was in my stomach. I'm trying to raise it back up to the proper <laughs> position, but it was a wild ride for sure. Yeah, this uh, was intense. It was heartfelt. It had some fun silliness in action. Um, and we got to see the leverage teams working together. I loved that. I mean, that's, I think that's ultimately what we wanted. I, I've been wanting to see that because we know that there are many leverage teams out there internationally, all around the world. And to know that, that they really are centrally focused, right? Because we're on our team this entire time, but there's really all these teams that exist worldwide and they are all connected. So it's this beautiful network of people being little gangsters. <laughs> Um, we start the, the episode with everybody stuck inside except for Brianna. Brianna is outside and she is now leverage. Yeah. She's working solo, um, which leads us to, I think, one of my favorite moments of this episode. Uh, not only does Brianna get to be Elliot uh, in the truck, but she also gets to be Harriet Wilson. And I, <laughs> you know me, you know I love the law. So funny seeing her as Harry. I mean, she did. She did an amazing. Job. She stepped right into. It was giving all the the hairy <laughs> vibes for sure. It was so great. Um, and and I think that that is one of the most fun parts. But I also really love the heart in this episode. Um, the conversations between Sophie and Elliot was so touching and so moving because we've heard over and over and over from Christian, from other uh, actors and writers on the show that Elliot cannot be redeemed. And although many of the characters feel that Elliot has been redeemed, and we feel that Elliot Absolutely, has been redeemed, yes, um, Elliot and Christian do not. And so to see him explain that he doesn't feel that he deserves a second chance, but that he appreciates being useful, and that he continues to make the right moves and do the right thing, even though he thinks that he will never get to the goal, is such a... a sad and beautiful moment it's it's sad because i think he's done enough to to deserve that but we also don't know all the sins mm-hmm. and things that he did you know, he touched on it in 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 the in the fracking job one about how he had done all these terrible things because he was in the special unit of the army he had done all these crazy things that he regrets doing um and we've saw last season his flashbacks of all the terrible things that he had to go through so Mm -hmm. maybe we don't understand the extent so us as viewers like yeah you totally deserve to be redeemed like everyone deserves are we a second chance like this is you know what Mm -hmm. is this a team of walking second chances right Right. (laughs) but i think that it's so uh it means so much that a character would Continue to make the steps towards something, believing that you'll never reach it. And that seems so like counterintuitive, right? Like when you want something, you do the steps to get to it. And he wants something but thinks he'll never get it and continues to take the steps. And that's what makes Elliot such a like compassionate and, and interesting character is that he's doing the right things for the right reason 
without ever expecting anything in return. Well, ultimately, that helps him to be a better protector, I think, mm-hmm. and why he's willing to do such risky things to protect his team, like physically, you know, um, right. and why he was able to see through, you know, Arthur to mm-hmm. know that, nah, you're really not that, you're really not, which you're really not redeemed. You're really just pretending to do this. Absolutely. And understanding that, you know, Sophie really wanted to give this guy a second chance because she has redemption. And because Elliot does not have redemption, he's able to see those. You're totally right. And I was like, oh, OK, I mean, I could I could see that. So it helps him to be a great protector. So while I would love that for him, if it's something that keeps our team like safe and it keeps um, him being the best protector that he can be, um, keep it. <laughs> yeah, it's so he sees through Wild. Uh, Sophie doesn't didn't see through Wild, but she did understand once the crown was missing. She very much understood the crown was still in the building. The whole thing was for her to to go to jail and for it, her to look stupid. And it, I love the way was when she realized it was a setup for her to look dumb. It took a whole different tone. Oh, you trying to make me look stupid? Mm-hmm. Oh, you trying to make me look dumb? Oh no no no! Like it, it like took a whole different right. meaning on for her. Like oh, you trying to make me look an idiot? Got it. No, we're not going anywhere. Yes. We're not running. Elliot's like, we need to get out of here. She's like, nah. Like, <laughs> once he tried to make me look stupid, it's over. It's like, yes. whatever that cap is for people, like, some people, it's like, it's insulting their intelligence. Some mm-hmm. people, it's like, it's talking about their mama. I don't know. But hers, I guess, is trying to make her look foolish in front of everybody. She wasn't going for it. Yes. I absolutely love that turn. Uh, and it changes everything. And that is when we get to really have um, this heart to heart with Astrid, where she and Astrid got to talk and get to know each other. Um, and it was so beautiful the way that she's so proud of her. Can I admit something? Yeah. I definitely cried. You cried? Yeah, I definitely cried. Yeah. This season got us both. Well, it's just something to be said about, like, it's Asher tells a story. I had just failed a maths exam, and you said we needed a girl's day, and took me to play tourist at the Tower of London. To visit the crown jewels. Afterwards, you pressed a diamond into my hand and said I should never let anyone put limits on me. And the next day you were gone. I ultimately believe that what everyone in this world is looking for is validation mm-hmm. and and love for just who they are before anything else. Like just to be loved and validated for who they are. So that someone gave that to you and now they're gone. Mm-hmm. And that feeling is horrible. And you're a child and you're experiencing this. And you lose a parent and then you lose you lose someone who believes in you you know, that you love and admire is gone instantly. So I just felt so bad because I'm like, for all of her life, she's dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And in her own way, I guess, looking for some type of redemption in that as well. When she ran down all of uh, Sophie's uh, aliases, I was like, oh, girl, she's been on your bumper, baby. (laughs) I knew Charlotte Prentice. From her, I found Catherine Clive, Christy Connolly, Annie Croy. Always a step behind. I don't even know your name. I love that. I love that she's been chasing her and we didn't know it, but also that that Sophie's been helping her and she didn't know it. I love that they're, they've been in each other's lives um, and that she tells her the moment she says to her, I never let anyone put limits on me. That's, that is like a message. Everyone take that message. 
Do not let put let people put limits on you. That I mean, it's true because lots a lot of times people are only speaking from the perspective that they can reach. Mm-hmm. What they can't see it done, they tell you that you can't do it, and that's obviously not not true. Um, if you can conceive it in your mind, you could do it in your in the natural world. Um, it's it was so great because when you when you look at it, Astrid, who is Interpol, Astrid, who has been chasing these criminals, Astrid, who is a nemesis of Parker. <laughs> Ends up, there's no limit on she's going to take down the bad guy and she's going to do whatever it takes. And if that means to trust Sophie for a moment, to trust this team and to be part of the, you know, part of the con, that she's going to do it. And that's how they get wild. I love it. I love this episode. What a great way to to tell these stories and build up to this moment and wrap it up. Also, um, three words, though. Talk to me. Harry Wilson Vince. <laughs> I, oh my God, the best. I was like, this is actually hilarious. And we got to actually see some of the Vents on set. We went to New Orleans behind the scenes. And, yeah. and even though it's, it's, it's still kind of tight and it's still a little, <laughs> little, I want to say full claustrophobic, but it's a little glossy. I don't know. It's just, it's a little, ooh, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching him try to be, it's, it was funny. Parker's like, the only way to go through that is like through a challenge, like just go through it. Like, don't stop. Don't, can't turn around. <laughs> can't head back. Yeah. Um, that was I, the hilarity I needed um, was was seeing Harry Wilson trying to navigate vents. <laughs> and um, that's why Parker said you do your vent training so that you're ready yep. for the event that you have to go to vent. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Good one. Good one. Uh, speaking of Harry, he's been trying, as you know, he's been trying to leave for two episodes. He's, I mean, he's been trying to leave throughout the season, but he's like, this is it. This is the last one. He's not going anywhere. Ah. <sighs> I the, I don't think I, he can't he can't you can't you can't unknow now you mm-hmm. can't unknow the feeling of righting a wrong yourself you can't unknow the feeling of uh taking the low road and it having um yielding high results you can't can't get rid of that and also it's fun and you love this team and like his family situation is not that great and his daughter's not answering her texts she does not she does not miss him she's it himself so you're like your family life is not where it is you know either so that is your family so how can you leave them it's also that once you've been not necessarily even part of, but once you've been affected by the leverage team, right? Look at Sarah, who came back. Look at Hurley, who joined the team. Uh, even Fake Nate from the Mastermind Job joined teams, right? You don't you don't interact with the leverage team and and leave. And you don't be part of the team and leave. You're not going to leave. No, he's not going anywhere, and we know it. And even, even Sterling, whose name is dropped in this episode... Um, he is, you know, he's still keeping tabs on them. And when Astrid calls, Sterling, uh, Sterling answers, right? They're, they're going to be working together. You can't interact with this team and then just walk away. No. Um, one more thing about Astrid that I really loved about her character was that most of us think that people go on a crusade like this for hate and Mm -hmm. for revenge. And she was going on this mission for love to find, the one person in her life who she know could still be out there that believes in her, loves her, validated her like Sophie did. Like she wasn't. So when I, I really didn't think that she would 
switch up on Sophie because par- kids really want to like trust and believe in their parents. Like mm. like to like you've seen most terrible parents and kids will still want to believe in them and think that they're amazing and great, right? And that was like kind of like the thing here. Like the little girl in her was like, "No, I believe you. I believe you because I know you. I believe you because you saw me. Like you you saw me and you acknowledged that." Um, and it was funny to see them walking out in cuffs. I was like, "This doesn't. This doesn't seem right." <laughs> like, did you have that moment like that? Like, this doesn't. I don't know. Um, no. Watching our I, team in cuffs. I believed it. You I believed, believed it. it. I, I just knew they wouldn't end the season like that. I just I didn't I just couldn't believe that. I was like, this can't be it. I was really talking to you. I said this can't be it. <laughs> I was ready for a cliffhanger season finale. <sighs> and I was like, watch out for this group of people. They're they're you know, they're dangerous. And I was like... ready. I was ready to see it. I thought that it was I thought that she arrested them and I thought that was an interesting new challenge. They did a whole like perp walk and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I was like, can't go down like this. I was just shaking my head, like, absolutely not. Nope. Nope. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. The episode ends with Hardison stuck in space. Did you think that he would be stuck? That they're gonna have to go get him? Um, I think that Parker would go to the ends of the Earth to get anywhere that Hardison. Just was. the ends of the Earth, but not to space. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, that I didn't think about that. That she would go to the ends of the universe. Thank you. To, to get to get to Hardison, um, it'll be funny. I think it just it gives a, it gives the flexibility for him to continue to be a part of the series, mm-hmm. and also you know, let's be honest, out out of schedule is is crazy, and so but he but we want him on the show, and fans want him on the show, and he wants to be there too. So it just it left it. I understand the producer has left a space there for him to continue to be on the show in a way that will still make sense. Hopefully a season three. I really hope we get a season three. I'm praying for it. I asked, I put it on my list. I put it on my Christmas list. <laughs> um, I also believe we'll get a season three. And I'm putting okay. Astrid coming back on, on that list. Oh, okay. I thought you were I just thought you were just gonna put Astrid on the list. I was like, wait. No, I okay. want I want her to come back. <laughs> I want her to come back in season three. But we still have so much more to talk about. Yes. Season two, so much more. Don't go anywhere. We're going to tap in with my girl, Yo. She talks to Gina Bellman about Sophie's secret past coming up in this episode. This whole season, you know, we've been talking about redemption for two seasons. But this season, we're talking a lot about second chances. Um, and there's a really great moment about Wild and how Sophie tried to give him a second chance. And and she saw that he, she thought and hoped that he could, but but he couldn't take a second chance. And he betrayed them. And he continued to betray them and would continue to betray them. Um, how did it feel to see this story conclude? You know, I think that it it's also a story about like accepting where you're at. Like, you know, these are not characters that um, have to trust each other emotionally. I think we've kind of like established that. I mean, they trust each other with their, you know, safety and and, and it's a very kind of honor, of the, you, know, you know, the honor of Thebes, but they don't necessarily trust each other with their secrets and their stories and their pasts. And that's what I like about the redemption um, development is that it's allowing us um, to actually be able to give some of, uh, you know, uh, as you know, um, Elliot's characters had an emotional arc this year as well. And um, I don't think, you know, it's the redemption um, add-on that's allowed us to kind of, 
explore that. I think that it's complicated, isn't it, with with Arthur because there's definitely chemistry between them, and there's definitely you can definitely see that they would have been great friends, but there's just way too much baggage between them. And, you know, it's it's like this, the story of leverage is the Robin Hood, like the, who are the goodies, who are the baddies? And, you know, he's not redeemed. You know, right. he's not redeemed. He's bitter. He's treacherous. He's, um, you know, hold. I mean, he's holding on, like, get over it. So you went to jail. Like, <laughs> stop whining. Like... You know, Billy the Jet got over it. Why can't Arthur? <laughs> yeah, Billy the Jet. I mean, how much do we love him? I love <laughs> Billy the Jet. I love those scenes where I like just <laughs> scare him by turning on all the lights, like in the poker room and stuff. And every time, and he's always eating a sandwich. I, I loved his, the characterization. He did all of that. None of that was like on the page. He he's a really inventive actor, and he you know he's like I want to be eating. We had a lot of fun with all our, our little moments together, and um yeah, and I wanted to do that. Uh, was it? I think was it? Oh, it was in Noah's. I think Noah's episode where um, Noah set it up that I I switched the light on and revealed myself, but then uh, and then we mirrored that in the next um, the double finale with with Mark that she's just always like turning the light on and revealing herself but absolutely <laughs> loved working with Max too and then Ralph I mean he was just perfect as Ramsey and and such an icon I mean all of us were just like pinching ourselves that you know we got someone of his caliber on the show and he's a really deep truthful actor so you know someone could have come along and played the that part and made a pastiche of it but he like played it really um truthfully and it was the british invasion was really fun i enjoyed it <laughs> yeah i uh i'm i'm sad to hear that it wasn't everyone coming to england to shoot but that they brought everyone to new orleans yeah i mean that is a challenge let me tell you and um they do such an amazing randall does such an amazing job um, and, you know, it's quite funny for me, though, because I'm kind of like, uh, 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 mm. and like I can see Randall like walking towards me when we're doing a London episode and I'm just like turning around, walking the other way because he doesn't want me to go. No, that's not quite right. No, no, no. That um, <laughs> It's just like I'm busy. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. Is there is there signage that I should look out for and be like, that's not how that would look? I think they did an amazing job in the museum. In the interior of the museum, I feel like I could be in London and all like all the signage, all the pictures that if you notice um, some people were um, carrying like um, like gift bags from the gift shop. I mean, the detail was incredible. Police uniforms and stuff. Where it gets complicated is obviously um, in the exteriors. Um, but right. that's just, you know, out beyond our control. I mean, some some of the exteriors I think will play really well. Like there's a scene um, with with um, Ralphie Roy where I'm knocking on his door and it's a townhouse in New Orleans, and I think that worked really well as a as a London townhouse. But you know, you've got streetcar cables and things, and all this, and 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 a lot of like foliage. It's a lot of like people streets are full of like planting with like jungle foliage. It's really challenging. So you put a try and put a giant red post box or a telephone box, and of course. That's quite weird because, you know, telephone boxes don't really exist anymore. Um, right. Everyone's got mobile phones, but you have to cover up a lot of stuff on these streets. So, you know, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I think they should just put TARDISes everywhere. And that's just to cover <laughs> everything with a TARDIS. Yeah, that works okay. too. Right? Like crossover. 
Oh, I would die. I would be so happy. Let's take a look back at season two with co-creator John Rogers. So we uncover everything about Sophie and this well, time in her life. Everything about Sophie in this time of her life. That's right. Yes. There's a lot more going on with Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me about uh, introducing her stepdaughter, introducing Astrid, um, and and I'm going to say it, Astrid name dropped. She name dropped her superior at Interpol. Yes. Um, and where that might take us. Well, look, I mean, part of the challenge is always um, because there were a couple times with casting like, oh, can we get this person? No, there are actual human beings who are working that we can't get. So it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's when they give us the robot actors, we can have all the crossover characters we want. Um, but yeah, the idea was, well, we want to... The, we established that the husband was dead. And so what's the what's the vestige? And the daughter was the way to do it. And it's like once you introduce the idea of the daughter, well, who is she? Well, she's someone who had, I think, and, and that was it. We didn't want to make Sophie the evil stepmom. Sophie was the awesome stepmom, you know? And so it's like this is somebody whose life was destroyed by crime. She assumes her stepmom disappeared because of the shame and was trying to dodge the publicity. Her dad died. She lost everything. She would become the Count of Monte Cristo. Like she would become to a great degree, Nate, uh, who grew up in a, a life of crime mm -hmm. or had his life twisted by crime. And so we just wanted the idea that this daughter you need to reconcile with. And that was that was the thing. It couldn't just be someone you go and have coffee with. It had to be every encounter with this person is dangerous. This person doesn't like you. This person doesn't want. Doesn't like what you represent. This person is ferociously smart. This person is your new foil. And I think the actor's fantastic. And I think that you know, if we're lucky enough to have a season three, it would be great to do a little bit more crossover with our friends from Interpol. And you know, uh, you know, we did go back and forth on exactly like how many of the kids from Leverage first run are now either criminals or investigators in the second run. And we yes. have a list. Um, but again, it's actor availability. But yeah, I think uh, if you get to season three, you may well see some more tie-ins from like deep mythology, uh, you know, working on Team Astrid. Yeah. Oh, I love that. As you know, I am a super fan of the show. Um, I have theories as to kids, literal children that we've met in the original series and where they are now. You, we have a list. <laughs> we have tracked all of them. You know, some of them weren't quite the right people, but there's a couple people that plainly would have been, you know, recruited that would have or would have wound up in different investigatory paths and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's look at this uh, Astrid Parker nemesis situation. Yeah, yeah. There was it was it was fun because we wanted to because Parker's not really a daughter situation with Sophie. It's it's more of a younger sister vibe, and mm -hmm. that's the way the actors play it. But we we did want like it's like when you meet your spouse's work friends or mm. you meet your kids' friends. Um, I remember my little sister. I wanted to pick her at college, and she was always my little sister. And when I got to university to pick her up one summer, I realized, oh, she has a totally separate identity here. Right? She's a totally different human from the person in my head. And that's what we wanted to explore, the idea that that I think we have this relationship, but nobody's just one relationship. We're a, a bunch of relationships. And I knew your your work daughter. Like the, We just wanted to, to do the thing that Parker creates relationships and once they're comfortable she's like okay that's the relationship I will now die in this relationship and having to renegotiate the terms 
uh, and she, and in a weird way, like, oh, she's Sophie's daughter. Do I want more intimacy or less intimacy? Like, should I right. be meaner or less mean? Like, I'm not sure. And, and Sophie kind of reveling in the fact that she, her stepdaughter is such a genius investigator that has made Parker's life miserable <laughs> was just fun. It just gives you fun scenes. And that's what you can do with a mature show. You don't have to just live in plot and story all the time. You can do a scene that's just about how does this new information make me feel? And it's a completely entertaining two and a half minutes. Let's talk about Sophie's Secret um, and how it, it's come out. We've met Astrid. We had this really beautiful heart-to-heart moment um, in this mm-hmm. episode about the last time that Astrid saw Sophie. That was born out of conversations that I had with, with John and with Dean and with, um, and with Gina about what loss looks like what 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 the relationship looked like from Astrid's perspective and um I feel like from Sophie's perspective 25 years ago the relationship was this was a girl who was lovely and I saw her every other weekend when she stayed at my at her father's house and we had a wonderful time but if I stayed around much longer she would get hurt so my leaving was actually better for her. From Astrid's perspective, Sophie's leaving was devastating, not because it necessarily devastated her father, but because it devastated Astrid. So there's just a matter of what perspective you have um, from the relationship. And this this really comes back to the whole unintended consequences theme, Um, because Sophie would never, ever have meant to hurt her but didn't realize that in her act of, of attempting to um, be good to Astrid, she actually caused pain. Um, do you, did you think about uh, Astrid when you were writing it and, and maybe that her reaction was different or was it always this, I missed you as opposed to anger? I think that we, we talked a lot about this um, in the room about what her reaction would be. And I think that, it's been a few decades. So she probably, she's run the gamut of mm. emotional reactions uh, over the course of her life. She, we just didn't get to see it. I would imagine she was probably a very angry teenager um, and a very, uh, very sad and lonely, um, you know, early 20 something of somebody who's yearning and somebody who is trying to figure it out. And, and, and she came emotionally back around to understanding that underneath it all, I dismissed you. I totally get that. And I think that that's such a beautiful way to tell this story because, you know, it, it could have been like a, a previous character on the series who was always angry. Um, <laughs> it could have been like that where you just held on to anger forever. Um, so I think it's much more interesting and enjoyable to see this different emotion. Yeah, I mean, anger is exhausting. It's it's a wonderful white hot feeling while you have it, but it is exhausting. So eventually, the hope is that people will let go. Um, we also have a real like Parker Astrid nemesis nemesis situation. Nemesis. How do you pluralize that? Talk to me about this rivalry because I am obsessed. Well, it's funny because uh, when we talked about um, Sophie having the stepdaughter, the reality is, is that Parker has sort of been Sophie's daughter 
for the past several several years. And so the rivalry sort of in the the underlying rivalry is of the daughters, but the uh, service level rivalry is, you know, the, um, the, the, the thief and the, and the Interpol agent, the one that's trying to catch the other. Um, so it's, it was a lot of fun to play with uh, in terms of writing. And, and it was a lot of fun to see, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to see the way that, what, the way that Beth interpreted it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I wonder, I wonder what, Parker then tells Hardison about the situation, right? Like, cause I, I want to see that conversation. Hardison, Hardison also feels like, well, wait, I'm, but I'm Sophie's, I'm Sophie's child as well. And I'm her favorite. So does this mean that I've been surplanted as well? I'm certain that like he's freaking out in space somewhere. Um, yeah. About all that. Uh, can we, can we understand why Hardison's left in space? Are we not going to save him? Of course we're gonna save him. What are you talking about? Um, will, will he be stuck in space next season or will he? I hope not. He's gonna run out of air. That'd be bad. <laughs> um, I definitely could see uh, him still being in space for at least an episode <laughs> next season. The Baron will be down to his knees by then. Come on. It would be great. Oh man. <laughs> We've enjoyed showing you behind the scenes of Leverage Redemption all season long. And if you've enjoyed the after show, we've got more after shows coming your way. From the team behind Leverage Redemption, we have a new series called The Arc. And you can join us every week after the episode for The After Show right here on Electric Now. Yell is talking the season finale of Leverage Redemption. Oh my gosh, will Addis be back? We don't know. We're going to tap in right now with Addis and Elise. Um, we find out that Hardison is essentially stuck in space um, and everybody's got to go get him. But he mentions that he has missed multiple DC movies. Um, and I want to know which movies he missed and is Black yeah. Adam one of them? I'm going to keep it on it. At first, the line was written as mo- he, he missed uh, Marvel movie premieres. I said, nah, we're not doing mm-hmm. that. How dare they? <laughs> but y'all know... Y'all know what I do, right? Like, nah. Um, so yeah, no, he he uh didn't miss the Black Adam uh premiere because you know he called his boy. And uh, you know, I had some people call some people, call some people and just send it on up. But uh, you know, there's a different slate of other DC thingy thingamajigs. You know, he might have missed Aquaman's, you know, he might have missed Shazism. Um you know what I mean? He he might have missed uh, he missed uh, super pets. You know he you know what he caught the first fifteen minutes of the super dogs. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying. And then his signal got cut, but he caught the first fifteen. He was with it, you know. Um, so yeah, I think he missed those, but definitely not uh, not black Adam. He missed black Adam. Perfect, um, Elise. In the crowning achievement job, we get to see Brianna uh, play Harriet Wilson. And it was a really, I'm going to say, spot on performance. Mm. Um, almost as good as when she plays Elliot, uh, mm. which was so amazing. What was it like for you to get to play, I guess, your colleagues? I love it. I love it. I love it because. I'm not sure if they love it. And so that tells me I'm in the right spot. 
Gina, Gina definitely gave me some pointers on how to play her. I ignored most of them and played her. Um, so maybe that's why that one didn't. Uh, Gina was all in the, the hands of the thing. And I always feel like when I see Gina, she's walking sideways. Mm -hmm. So when I imitate her and I show her, I'm always walking sideways um, with my legs like pushed all the way out to do something extravagant. But Noah in particular, I have been looking at the way he holds his, his body and his mannerisms for a long time. So that was great to just let that all out. But I tell you, it was hard to sustain because uh, Noah has a lot of energy. And um, man, I was tired after that one. And then surprisingly, Christian was the hardest. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because the way they shot it, I didn't have use of my lower body which would have been easy, easy. And I didn't have use of like, I had some props, but I didn't have use of my face a lot either because I had this bandana down to here. So I don't have the eyebrows. And then I had glasses on for, for a moment. I don't know which part made it in, but I didn't have my eyes, my eyebrows or the lower half of my body. So real quick, when you say you didn't have your lower body, like what happened? Like they took your legs out? They took it off and they sat them in the green room. Came right. and put you up at the ankles is, is yeah. what happened? took me out completely. Mm -hmm. So he was the hardest to do because I didn't have all my facilities. And, and then they, they pulled a little prank on me uh, when he got to set. And when they opened that food truck door, it was instead of uh, the Colonel or whatever his rank was standing there, um, it was Christian standing there like, <laughs> and I kept going and I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to be real or not. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very fun. Um, only only sad that I didn't get to do Beth as well. So I feel like this season we get to see quite a few people playing Christian. I mean, Christian's very like, he's like very like. <laughs> Aldous, we we get we get, I would say, more of you this season uh than we have last season. Mm -hmm. Should there be a season three? Will we get more of you? You ask me questions I have no answers to. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, got I know the fans funny. would kill me if I didn't ask. So. <laughs> um, no, it would be cool. I'd like to, but I, I know I definitely have a busy year coming up next year. So um, I can't answer that right now. Okay. But uh, I'd like to. It would be cool. Y'all got to talk with director Mark Roskin about the season finale. Check it out. I want to start with <laughs> Harry's panic attack in the vent. Um, he gets the venties. Which are the venties. Similar, similar yes. to the yips or the twisties, I guess, if you're going to apply yes. it to sports. Yes. Um, tell me about shooting this panic attack in this vent. I'm going to tell you the truth. I, because our schedule was so big and complicated, that actually Noah Wiley shot that scene with his, with himself and Beth Reescraft. So he, I, you know, I just gave him a lay of the land saying, here's some vents. Here's, you can, you have all this to play with. I'm going to get you a couple cameras and lenses and have at it. Um, so Noah actually directed himself getting the venties. <laughs> wow. Um, yes. And where were those vents? Those are on stage that our production team built. Um, yeah, you, you 
you've seen those vents a couple times. They weren't built brand new just for that scene. So we recycle. We're very green that way. Yeah, that was actually going to be my question because I feel like the vents that we saw in the date night job were very specific and different than the vents that we saw in the crowning achievement job. Not, how many- not too different, just a little shorter. Okay. And yeah. how many types of vents? Do you guys just keep vents like the way that HQ is set up? We just leave it as is? Do we just have vents elsewhere? You know, it just, we can, we can change them based on the script if we need them longer, if we know it's just a, a peak, you know, of seeing someone go in and come out, or if something like this, we got a little bit more elaborate where we could remove some of the walls and have more turns or come up uh, through the vents. I never thought I would have this many questions about vents. You'd be surprised how many come up. Yeah. I mean, the show, vents are a big part of the show. Vents are a big part of the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have to ask about this painting, this beautiful painting uh, that we see over these two episodes. Where is the painting now? Um, I would think the painting is still in uh, in our stage lockup of storage. Um, you know, we we've, we uh, Randall Groves and and Wit, our uh, our art director. You know, they they looked at old photos from that era, and then they just decided to, you know, based on that uh, that type of photo, then have someone from the art department who actually paints in our characters. Wow. And so and that's still yeah, that's still uh still in our lockup. Okay. It has not been stolen. Has not been stolen. If someone was gonna take it home with them, who would it be? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't want to be a rat either. <laughs> um, I feel like first of all, I feel like Gina deserves to have one. Yes. Because uh, it's just such a great painting of her. But also, yeah. I feel like, you know, the after show should have it sitting in our set. Okay. Well, maybe we can. I, I know some people who can talk to about that. <laughs> great. We'll get Parker to steal it and bring it over. There you go. Do you have a favorite episode from the season? Um, You know, uh, there's so many different aspects I love so much from this episode and so much for that episode. But, you know, um, I, I think the date night was fun just to have um, Aldous back and, and being able to direct him. And uh, I love the the moments between um, uh, Sophie and Harry when they're moving through the art gallery. Uh, and, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of challenges in that script. And we worked hard on that script to make it to make it run. Um, so I think that 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 one was more fun for me, just on a personal level. We got a chance to sit down with the one and only Mr. Dean Devlin, the man who makes everything possible. I'm so excited for you to hear what he had to say. Tell me about making this season wrap up this way. Well, again, we, we wanted to to give uh, that this redemption to, to Sophie and this is the one thing that she's hid from everybody. The fact that in her heart, she's had a stepdaughter that she abandoned. And we find out that while she may have abandoned her, she kind of kept an eye on her and kind of kept her finger on the scales in the, this woman's life. Um, but to see that she had this 
relationship, even if it was a secretive relationship, uh, it, it's a whole new color for her. And she gets to come to terms with that. And it allows her to move forward. And of course, since since the career path that she took was Interpol, clearly um, Sterling also had a finger on those scales as well. And I'm sure it was through uh, Sophie's influence. I, I like the idea because if you think back, Sterling also had a secret daughter. That's right. I, I, I'm interested to know what she's up to these days. <laughs> and if she and Astrid know each other. <laughs> We worked on Harry's redemption. We've learned these things about um, Elliot, and he got a little bit of forgiveness, allowed a little bit of healing. We're getting Sophie's redemption. What about Parker? That's where we go in season three. Um, but I think the thing that we wanted to do with Parker this year was to give more of a window of what is this relationship she has with Hardison. You know, how has that been working? What 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 is that like? And. They're a real rock-solid couple. And that's actually kind of hard to write because it's easier to write couples who are in trouble. Sure. You know, if someone's cheating or they're not getting along. or they're. But every time we played with an idea like that, we went, I don't believe it. These two are rock-solid. So what could be the problem? And as always, it's communication. And, you know, I mean, for me, in, in the date night episode, when she's talking to the kid about you know, how he feels about losing his grandmother. And we know she's talking about how she's feeling about him going to space. I mean, uh, you know, we were all in the mixing stage, (laughs) mixing it. We're all like sobbing. And that's the fun of this show is that we can be really silly, but we still care. You know, we, the, 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 what's going on with these characters are still important. And so this season, it was just to try and show a little window into what is Parker's personal life like? We'll deal a little more with her backstory later. <laughs> okay. Um, I like that you say that you were crying in that moment. Um, I was crying uh, in the fractured job when um, when Elliot's dad says he was proud of him. I, I lost it. Um, this, As you said, the show really has such a delicate balance and somehow also infuses like, hey, tearjerker moment. Hey, we're going to make you cry. Um, I, I really love we're in season two and we're, we're making sure that we hit all these beats. And the fans are loving it. Our fans are the greatest fans in the world. I mean, we're only back because of them. It's a remarkable fan base. I, I think the only thing I've ever seen equivalent to it are, are maybe Star Trek fans, you know, where they just support the show in such a, an incredible way. Wow. I mean, yeah, I know that the fans, like me, don't <laughs> shut up about this show. Well, and, and look, they're opinionated about it. Yes. And, and there's things they want and there's things they don't want. Um, and they don't have problem voicing it, and that's wonderful. It's like they're they're really involved. And, you know, we we have a, we had a line in um, I forget which episode it was, but Brianna says something about uh, uh, this is even better than the fanfic in my head. We had so many people online saying, "Did you steal that line from me?" Because <laughs> they're all writing fanfic. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of fan art. There's a lot of fanfic. There's, you know, as we know, we're showing it off here on the show. Not the fanfic. Not the fanfic. Um, <laughs> you can keep that personally at home. Um, I want to talk, speaking of Brianna, we got a little bit into her dating life this season. Um, will we continue to see uh, relationships bloom for her in the future? Well, I think what she's going to have to deal with, which is what all of our characters did deal with in the past, is it's really hard to date people who aren't on the inside of the criminal world. And it's hard to date criminals. <laughs> so I think she that's going to be her challenge going forward is how does she 
how does she continue to grow her personal life more successfully than the rest of our team did? Um, you know, I don't think Parker and Hardison have any relationships if they don't have it with each other because, you know, they were in it together. Um, but, you know, it's hard for Sophie to date again. It, uh, you know, if, if you remember in the old series when she thought things weren't going to work out with Nate, she tried dating and it was always a disaster. And of course, Elliot, <laughs> you know, we, we saw what happened there. So, yeah, so it's really hard. But I think, again, her evolution this year was her confidence and, and her belief in herself and seeing that there's more possibilities to her future than she had imagined before. So that's kind of the next step. Next year, it'll have to go somewhere else. I cannot wait for next year. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us, for telling us all about this season, and thanks for giving us this show. Thanks for having me on. Just like our crew, the fans of Leverage Redemption are so talented, so check out some of the fan art that we received this season. Thank you so much for watching this season two. Oh my gosh, it went by so fast. We really appreciate it. But the conversation doesn't have to end. You can follow us on social media at After Leverage. We can tweet about it. We can talk about it and keep the convo flowing. And if you haven't checked out the preseason specials that we did, we went to set and got you all of the exclusive content. And we'll be doing more exclusive content here on the Electric Now app. Of course, you can always keep rewatching Leverage Redemption. Why not? That's what we'll be doing. Until next time, I'm Yelts Eagle. I'm Felicia Michelle. And this, and this has, has been, been a very distinctive, distinctive podcast. podcast.